All right, it is time for Children's Church. Miss Bailey is in charge this morning. Caleb, you're not going for bo just bodyguard? You're not? She's got it? <laughs> if you're going to Children's Church, go to my left and to your right. Y'all children be good. Those of you who are staying, please turn your Bibles to the book of Galatians. <laughs> Doing spins and turns. Turn your Bibles to the book of Galatians. We're going to get there here in a minute. Last Sunday morning, we did a little study called, Where is the Line? Where is the Line? How many of y'all are here for that, that message? Where is the Line? Okay. We learned that from a very young age, our parents had this line that none of us could see. They had these lines, y'all, and they were drawn. But you could sense these lines from watching their facial expressions and listening to the tones of their voices. You could definitely tell if you were getting close to their line or you accidentally, because you never do it on purpose, when you accidentally cross your parents' lines. You know it real quick, don't you? Well, we learned that our spouses, look at this sweet woman on the front row. Our spouses have these invisible lines, and we learn about them shortly after we get married because they're not there. Colin, those lines aren't there, are they? I mean, you're, I mean when you're dating, I mean, it's just, it's like, ho, 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 ho. I mean, when, you, when, you, when she walks through the door, y'all, there's a golden beam of sunshine signing down. But shortly after you get married, you realize that this woman's got lines. And Glenn, if you cross them, you're in trouble. Right. And then when your children come along, we all learn that not only our parents had lines, our spouses had lines, but when our children came along, we realized that, that we have lines. We have lines that we could not see, but, but they'd better not be crossed. We then looked at our scripture in the book of Daniel, looking at the warning that God gave King Nebuchadnezzar. The line that God drew him personally. And the king did not listen to God's instruction. He walked over his line and he was punished severely. We then looked at the line that God has given every born again believer. Are you a born again believer? Amen. Have you accepted Christ as your personal savior? Amen then you have a line and God gave it to you. He said to go and to make disciples. And the question was asked, what will God do with those who have crossed his line by not doing what we're told? You mean to tell me he'll, he'll punish King Nebuchadnezzar, but he, he's, we're good. He's not, he's not going to mess with us. Yeah, we had to, we had to learn. Now today we're, we're going to look at some very familiar scripture as we consider the fruits of the Spirit. Now, as God led me to, to preach this message this past week, I looked in my Bible, and sometimes I'll do it, sometimes I won't, but I, I preached from this same Scripture in 2015 in this church. But I promise you this, the message I preached then is much different than the message that I'm preaching today. You're going to have to make a decision. You're going to have to look deep within yourself, individually. Don't be looking at anybody else because this doesn't affect the person next to you. 
You need to look within yourself this morning. You hear me? And I might I want to I want to add something that I always say. Listen to me. God, God, God doesn't care what your opinion is. His scripture speaks, and you either stand with his scripture, or you stand, listen, as an enemy to God. So we need to look at this scripture this morning, and we need to look at ourselves. Time's running out, church. So let's look at Galatians chapter 5. We're going to start reading in verse 16. Galatians 5, 16. Paul writes, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Let's listen to that again. I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what's against the flesh. These are opposed to each other, so that you don't do what you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are, under, you, are not, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are obvious. Y'all listening? He says, Paul says, now the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality. <gasps> Whoop! We've been talking about that a good bit on Sunday night, hadn't we? In the book of Jude. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger. Oops. Selfish ambitions, dissensions. Factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing. And listen, Paul ain't going to leave anything out. He says, and anything similar about which I tell you in advance, as I told you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, whoo, shoo. Turn the page. But the fruit of the Spirit is emphatic. It's present. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Whoo. What's that next one? Mm. Kindness, goodness, Self-control, against such things there is no law. Did y'all see the first one had the law? There is no law here. Now those who belong to Christ. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, we must also follow the Spirit. We must, must not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Paul uh, made it pretty easy, right? Let, let's get into it here in a minute. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father in heaven, Lord Jesus, we come to you asking forgiveness of our sin once again. 
God, I pray that you would bless the reading of your word. God, it is your word. It is your word. And where the world might try to erase it, remove it, tear it out of their Bible, God, this is your word, and your word stands. It doesn't matter what people say and what their opinions are. God, your word stands. So this morning, I pray that you'd help us to stand on your word, stand with your word. Open our eyes, God, that we might hear a word from you, and that we might be better Christians when we walk through this door to serve you, to do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name I do pray, and all God's children said, Amen. Amen. So what in the world, what did we just hear Peter telling believers in Galatia? Now he wrote this, this is an epistle, he wrote this letter to the people of Galatia. Sounds like they might have been having some issues, you think? As a matter of fact, the whole book, um, excuse me, the whole chapter, chapter 5, is entitled Freedom of the Christian. And if you look at what we just read, it seems as if some Christians didn't want that freedom or they weren't living in that freedom. And I'm afraid we we live in a world today, we live in an America today where Christians who call themselves Christians aren't living in the freedom that God offers. They're not. So what we see happening in our scripture this morning is a battle taking place. There's a spiritual battle taking place. This is no battle with modern weaponry, though this battle is is of mind and spirit. In, in, In this battle, the mind of each person, both believer and non-believer, must decide who they will follow, who, who they will side with, and who they will yield to at any given point in time. Now, can I tell you that this is a constant battle, a battle that rages in places that we can't see, just like the lines last week. These battles rage in places that, that we cannot see. But the Spirit of God reminds us that the battle is real. Paul seems to to have an easy solution to all of this, seen in verse 16. Look what he says in verse 16. I say then, listen, I say then, he's trying to get your attention. He's saying, wake up, wake up. I say then, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. There's your solution. We can sit down. We can close our Bibles if we'll concede to that, right? Problem solved. He could have stopped the letter in the book of Galatians right there if people would concede. But the problem is we won't. The spirit is strong, but the flesh is weak. That's our problem. That's our problem. Now, remember, remember, y'all, listen, remember, This is the very same man, Paul, (coughs) who confessed in 1 Timothy chapter 1 that he felt like that he was the worst of all sinners. How in the world can somebody, D.D., who says they're the worst of all sinners be giving us this kind of advice? How is it? How can we even listen to a person who, who tells claims, I'm the worst of all sinners. Now he gives us this advice seen in verse 16. Walk in the Spirit. What is it? What is it or who is it <coughs> that helped Paul see his sinfulness? Who, who is it? 
Listen, church, the closer you walk to the Lord, the more you will see your own sin and less you'll see of other people's sins. Boy, listen, we'll condemn other people for them, say their sin. Ooh, did you see what, did you hear about old sister so-and-so? Did you, did you see what they did? Did you, did you see what she's wearing? Listen, we need to shut our mouths and look at ourselves. I think we might, you know, back in the day, we used to carry a comb in our pocket, one pocket, and sometimes we'd carry a, a mirror in our tra- trapper keeper notebook. I think we might need to look at our, start carrying mirrors again, start looking at ourselves before we look at anybody else. We need to look at our sin. And when this happens, when Paul's walking closer to Jesus and he can see his sins, when this happens, you will not excuse your sin, but your sin will convict you of your sinfulness. Paul says, listen, I've got an easy solution. Walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. You know, there's times as I look back in my Christian walk where I was there. You know, we look at the Hebrew children in the Old Testament and we see their highs and their lows and their highs and their lows. And one day they're, they're fellowshipping with God and the next day they're crying, oh God, why don't you just kill us and send us back to Egypt? I mean, uh, But that's how we are as Christians. We have spiritual highs and spiritual lows. And, and the, the Christian, the spirit within us desires that we're always on a spiritual high, but it has nothing to do with the Holy Spirit and everything to do with us. Everything to do with us. That's his desire as well. His desire is for us to walk with him in the spirit. Now, Paul then gives you a reason why you should be walking in the spirit in verse 17 and 18. Look at verse 17. He says, this is why you should be walking in the spirit. For the flesh desires what is against the spirit. And the spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. There's a struggle going on. And your flesh opposes the spirit and the spirit opposes the flesh. And and there's a spiritual war going on. John Phillips, scholar, Bible preacher, reminds believers in his commentary on Galatians that the Holy Spirit, listen, the Holy Spirit leads This is good, y'all. The Holy Spirit leads. He doesn't drive. Let that sink in for a second. The Holy Spirit leads you where you ought to be, where you ought to go. But you're not in the passenger seat. You're in the driver's seat. He leads you, but he does not drive you. Well, what does that mean? Think with me back when you had children. Or think with me back when you was a children. Y'all remember, I do, there was a time where I I used to, I don't know if this happened to y'all, I I used to get blamed for stuff that I didn't do. Now, there were some things that I did do that I didn't get blamed for because they didn't find out about it. All right? There was a time back when we lived uh, on Lake Wiley we, we had a uh, uh, wood-burning stove. And this is what had happened. My dad threw some firewood into the, the wood-burning stove, 
and it wasn't in there, it wasn't in there like 10 seconds, and fireworks start blowing up all inside the wood-burning stove. And this is what my dad did. He, he said some explicitives. That's cussing, and it wasn't Christian cussing. It was full-out, full-blown cussing because it was shooting ashes all over, you know, the carpet and the, the tile. So he thinks that two people are up on the roof dropping them down the chimney. And I'm sitting on the couch. Well, then he realizes, well, there's nobody up on the chimney. Somebody has put these firecrackers into the wood. You know how there's little slots in the wood and you just slide them in there? Well, I, I, listen, I, I didn't do it. I did not do it. I, it was Uncle T and Jeff Hall from next door. I did not do it. But you know who got the blame for it? And he didn't say a word to blame me. This is what he did. He used head gestures. He looked at me from across the room, and this is what he did. He said, y'all know what that means, don't you? That means I'm getting ready to be told these words. Go downstairs and assume the position. Well, I, I didn't. Did. What I want you to focus on is this. The head gestures. How does the Holy Spirit lead us? It's very similar to those head gestures. But you feel it. You can feel the Holy Spirit leading you in places that you're supposed to go and preventing you from places that you're not supposed to go. You feel the Holy Spirit lead. Listen, there's been times where I've been, you know, I've been confronted with something and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, as soon as that person in front of me shuts their mouth, this is what I'm going to say. And the Holy Spirit of God says, no, you're not either because you belong to me. And sometimes I listen to the Holy Spirit. Other times, I'm bad. And I won't listen to the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Not you, Desi. I'm her. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit gives us similar to head gestures to do what we're supposed to do. Church, we need to walk in the Spirit so that we can win the battles that's taking place in our lives every single day. Now, I'm not going to tell you, listen to me, I'm not going to tell you, I will not tell you nothing bad will ever happen in your lives for the, re for the rest of your life when this happens. I'm not going to tell you that nothing bad will ever happen again if you're walking in the Spirit or, or that you'll, you'll never face trials and tribulations ever again. The health, wealth, prosperity message is a lie to the pits of hell. God saved you to put you to work. And when you are in line with him and you're serving him, you're on dangerous ground and the enemy's after you. Listen, the only place I want to prosper is in heaven. I want to set my treasures in heaven. I'm not going to tell you that you'll never face trials and tribulations again. But what I will tell you is that your life will be much easier if and when you face these trials and temptations, if you are walking in the Spirit of God. There's never been a Christian alive who's accepted Christ as their personal Savior, and from that point on, they never faced any other tribulations. If they say that's, that's, that's happened in their lives, they're a liar. But if you have the Spirit of God living in you, it's so much easier. <clears throat> Church, Paul, for some reason this morning, has made this message easy 
to understand. Did did y'all get that as we were reading through? I mean, he made it easy to understand. Now, I don't know if the Galatian people were very simple, simple-minded people who, who just needed things to be broken down for them in a way that they could understand. But I know that people of the world today need this. And to be honest, you show them this list that is of the flesh and the things that are of the Spirit, and more oftentimes than not, the people of the world today will look you right in your eyeballs and tell you this. They'll say, well, Jesus didn't say that. It was the Apostle Paul. So if Jesus didn't say it, 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 it doesn't stand. But Paul <clears throat> makes it easy for everyone who really wants to understand. Does he not? The, the first list seen in verses 19 through 21, is a bad list. Y'all can write that down in your Bible. As a matter of fact, I would encourage you to. Bad list. This is the list of things that the flesh craves and desires. These are the things that those who are walking in the flesh will give in to. If you have these on your list... If I have any on my list, church, we need to seek God and remove them to walk closer to the Lord. Look at verse 19. Here's the bad list. Did y'all write that down? Bad list. Now the works of the flesh, Paul says they're obvious. Sexual immorality. You know, there's a great debate going on in our world. Is this right or is this wrong? Is this right or is this wrong? I believe Paul just cleared that up, didn't he? Didn't he? Paul Paul just made it clear. Moral impurity. Promiscuity. Idolatry. You you know, I'm going to stop there for a second. You know, I heard a preacher say years ago, people define the word idolatry and they've made it a relative term. It means different things to different people. He said, but I want to tell you what I think idolatry is. And this is what he said. He said, if you spend more time with something other than Jesus, it's become your idol. Some of y'all have made the Georgia Bulldogs your idol. The Atlanta Braves, your idol. Uh, Right? Spend all day, listen, spend all day long watching college football or NFL, but can't stay awake during a sermon on Sunday morning for an hour. (laughs) I'm not an adulterer. Hey, listen, let let the Word of God to the side. He said sorcery's no good. Hatred's, oh, is, is our world not full of hate? Strife? Jealousy, outbursts of anger. Oh, my goodness gracious, Heavenly Father. There's nobody in here who ever gets angry, right? (laughs) Selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and everything similar about which I tell you in advance, as I told you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. 
Paul then gives us a second list. Seen in verses 22 and 23. Now listen, listen. But before I get to the list, I want you to see something very important in the first seven words of verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is. The fruit of the Spirit is. What is he trying to paint here? There's a picture he's wanting to paint here. Fruit. What does fruit grow on? A tree. Right? Most fruit grows on a tree or a vine. And that, that, that fruit has to be planted first. And then it has to be watered. Then it has to be nurtured. Unless it's a pecan tree and it don't matter what you do. It's either going to fruit or it's going to fruit. I mean, I've heard every other year and I've heard every third year. I don't know about the pecan trees in Georgia. But what takes place, if the tree is healthy, it's going to produce fruit. If the tree is not healthy, it ain't going to produce any fruit. So we need to see what what is the the main variable that keeps the plant healthy, the tree healthy, the vine healthy. We see in here this picture, this fruit grows, listen to me church, where the Holy Spirit is present. This this fruit that that we just read about, and we're going to look at closely here in a second, It's going to grow when the Holy Spirit is present. And where the Holy Spirit is not present, those fruits may not be seen. They may be seen from time to time, but you will not see growth. You won't. The Holy Spirit's got to be present for those fruits to grow. Where are, what are they? Number one, top of the list. You can't go any higher than this one right here. Love. Love. Well, Brother Kyle, that's a hard one. There there are just some people in this world that that, that aren't made to love. They're just mean. They're hateful. You still have to love them. You you mean if they spit in my face, I'm to love them? Well, yeah, 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 you you might have to knock them down, but lift your hand back up and love them. You you mean to tell me that that my uncle's cousin's best friend who lives next door to my mama, who who is a a, a drunk and an alcoholic and and, and, and abuses drugs and abuses women, I'm supposed to love them, especially them? Well, they're hard to love. Every time I say something to them, they cuss me. Christian cuss them back. What are you talking about? Listen, you know what those people don't like when they cuss you? God bless you. God bless you. Well, that's not what they were probably expecting, was it? They were expecting you to retaliate in the same way that you, they were, you, you, you were retaliating against, right? No. Just look at them and say, Jesus loves you. You know what they really don't like? This is, listen, 
They really don't, Steve, this is what they really don't like. When they just get in your face and, and when you say, I'm praying for you. Woo, I'm praying, oh, no, no, I, I don't want you to pray for me. I, 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 I'm still going to pray for you. I don't want you to pray for me. Listen to me, listen to me. You can't stop me. You cannot stop me from, you can stop me from doing a lot of things, but you can't stop me from praying for you. You can't. Love. God tells us to love. And if the Holy Spirit of God is living in you, it's not going to matter what happens in your life. It doesn't matter how bad somebody hurts you, harms you. You're still going to love them. You ain't got to like them. You ain't got to sit down in a meal with them. But the Holy Spirit says to love them. You got to love them. But there's something else the Holy Spirit gives you. It is a fruit of the Spirit. And it's one, listen, that it needs to be ever seen and ever present in a Christian's life. The world needs to see it, and we don't see enough of it, and that's joy. Angela, we're going to do something starting next week. Each week, until I feel like the Spirit of God tells us different, we're going to do something that we used to do when we were children that brought us joy. And, and I'd forgotten about it. From time to time, I, I mean, I, I, I'll get a glimpse of it, but I had forgotten about it until my granddaughters came and spent 16 weeks with us this summer. <laughs> now, it was only four days, but I'm going to tell you, <laughs> woo! This is what I learned. They were in the bathtub, and, and Winnie Kate said, Honey, that's the, what they call Amy, Honey, Honey, play our songs. Remember that? And we're in the bathroom, and, and they're in the bathtub, and we are having a time singing songs. And they're the songs we loved when we were children. Well, what songs are you talking about? I got joy, 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 joy down in my heart, down in my heart, down in my heart. I got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart, down in my heart to stay. That's exactly right. The older man, it, it's there. Listen, we need that joy. The world needs to see our joy. And we walk around like a bunch of people who suck lemons all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we, we don't mind. To, listen, it, it's so, how is it that it's so easy for us as Christians to tell when the world has done us wrong? Listen, you ain't going to believe this. I actually had a church member stop by my office a few weeks ago to tell me how somebody cut them off in traffic. I'm not Becky, am I lying? We don't mind telling people off. As a matter of fact, some of you think that's your spiritual gift. <laughs> God gave me the spiritual gift of telling people off. I got words to say before I even say them. No, he didn't. The spiritual gift that the Holy Spirit provides is joy. In the midst of sorrow, in the midst of trouble, in the midst of trials, in the midst of tribulation, that the world see that joy. I'm guilty of this one, y'all. This past two and a half years has weighted me down. There's been times where I've experienced joy, but I haven't experienced the fullness of joy God intends for each Christian to have. And I, I mean, I've got to get my joy back. 
I, I want it back. But he says there's another. Listen, there's another gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to speed up, y'all. I know some of y'all are hungry. Y'all got to get to the buffet. <laughs> Peace. Peace. Y'all know the older I get, I desire this more and more. There, there's times where I used to run to a fight. But I want peace. I, I really do. I'm going to tell you all something. I'm going to probably get in trouble for saying this. But sometimes I let Amy win arguments just so I can have peace. <laughs> but so does she. <laughs> she lets me win the arguments just so she can have the peace. I desire that peace. The world needs to see us in a peaceful state. When all hell is breaking loose around us and they will see us with joy in our hearts and, and peace in our eyes, they'll look at us and say, my, how, how in the world do you have such peace? Well, let me tell you about the peacemaker. Let me tell you about my Jesus. But the Holy Spirit of God gives us another fruit as well. Oh, me, here we go. Whoo! Patience. Does anybody in here ever struggle with having patience? This is a gift now. The Holy Spirit gives you this gift. I see some of y'all doing this right here. Not let, not let. You need to look at yourself. Don't be looking at anybody else. Patience. I, I, I've seen these videos. They're funny. There'll be a man walking in a room... And he'll look at his son or his daughter and say, listen, I, I just saw your report card. Uh, you're failing science. Can, can we talk about this? And the parent is, you know, keeping a low key, low, he's walking in. And, can we talk about this? And, and the, the child says, why don't you just mind your business? And this is what happens. The father steps back and does this right here. Lord God, Jesus, please. I don't want to kill anybody today. Please give me the patience that I need. That, that needs to be us. Because just because these, these fruits should be present, we're not, it doesn't mean we're not going to be tested. You hear me? When we are tested, we need to step back and speak to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I know that's supposed to be there, and I'm working on it, but you need to help me. And patience is one, listen, I'm a whole lot better. I am a whole lot better than I used to be, aren't I? Y'all, I used to be bad with this patience thing. I've gone into the grocery store at times, and there's 16,000 lines open. And there's only two people working the cash register, and it's 20 deep. And I've needed the stuff that's in my cart. I've needed it. Y'all know what I did? Y'all bunch of heathens have done it too. <laughs> I just walk out. I need this stuff, but I don't need it this bad today. I'll come back at 3 a.m. Why? Because I'm not patient. But this is what my wife has done sometimes, y'all, and I'm going to tell you, whoo, it, it, it's, I, Abby, whoo, hmm. I don't, I'm not employed by Walmart and Food Line. I, I don't get a, you know, a W-2 from them. And not too long ago, I was waiting at the checkout where an actual person checks you out 
and there were two people in front of me. But the self-checkout was open, and the food line person, he was trying to be nice. He was really nice. He said, he said sir, he said, the self-checks out, it's free. I said, sir, I don't work here. He said, what do you mean? I said, I, I, I don't work here. I said, I'm going to have somebody else scan the groceries. He, he said, okay. Now, years ago, I would not have been able to do that. Give me the open line. I'll do I just, I, I want out. I want to go. And, and the sad thing is, I, I really don't have anywhere to go but to put the groceries up. I'm just impatient. But Amy, now, when we go to, to Walmart, it's 20 people deep, y'all, and all of them got, we're, we're standing in a line. Honey, it's, it's open right there. Nope, I don't work for Walmart. What you got to do? The woman's teaching me patience. And I, I, I don't necessarily want it, Butch, but I've got to have it. <laughs> patience. Here's the next one, kindness. Kindness. It's a fruit of the Spirit, y'all. Listen to me. I'm just about done. Y'all listen to me. Have you ever woke, woken up one morning and said, you know, I, I, the past three weeks I've, I've been hanging around with people who are just kind-hearted and loving and patient people. Today, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be hang around somebody. I want to I hang around with somebody who's mean and has got an attitude today. I, I want to hang around with somebody who's just got a nasty, negative attitude today. You ever woken up and wanted to do that? No, no, you, you want to be with people who are kind and kind-hearted, right? That, that's who that the Holy Spirit tells us we need to be. Then another fruit of the Spirit, goodness. Another fruit of the Spirit, faith, faith. Have faith in God. Proverbs 1.7 says the beginning of all wisdom is the fear of the Word of God or the fear of the Lord. Not fear of man. Not fear of what's taking place in the world. Not fear of what the television tells you to fear. Faith. Have faith in God. This next one's a little tough as well. Gentleness. Gentleness. You know, I found in the five years that I've become a grandparent, it's easy to be gentle with those grandchildren, isn't it, isn't it, Sharon? But when them children come in and they say something offhanded, it's easy for us to look at them and say, you need to shut your mouth. You need to shut your pie hole. That's your mouth. I mean, it's easy for us, isn't it? You, you need to say, but those grandchildren, come here, baby, come here. That, that gentleness that we treat and use with our grandchildren is the same gentleness God wants us to treat, listen to me, with everybody. Everybody. Last one. Self-control. This touches a gamut of topics. You hear me? From what you look at, to what you watch, to what you eat, to what you wear, to what you say. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. I've told you all this story, but it's, it's pertinent, so I'm going to tell you again. And I didn't like it. Y'all, I didn't like it. 
But one of my college professors, one man who's preached here before, Mark Cunning, couldn't be in prayer for Mark. Uh, he's got stage four breast cancer, so be in prayer for Mark. Uh, in class one day, he said, I want y'all to listen to me and listen to me well. He said, the same spirit that tells you to cheat on your wife is the same spirit who tells you to go back and get seconds and thirds at the buffet. And I was like, man, I can't believe you just said that. Indulgence. Indulgence. We need self-control. We, we then see Paul give his listeners information needed now that we have the two lists and they've been identified. We've seen the two lists, right? The good and the bad. What the Holy Spirit gives us and what the Holy Spirit tells us to stay away from. We, we've been, he's given us information now what to do with it. Look at verse 24. Verse 24 says this. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and the desires. If we live by the Spirit, we must also follow the Spirit. We must not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Now we have to decide who we belong to. Ricky, I can't make that decision for you. I can't. I can't make it for anybody. We have to decide who we belong to who we will follow, which side of the battle we're going to stand, and if we will allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. We've got to decide. Now, listen, I'm, I promise you, I've, I'm, I'm last paragraph. So y'all pay attention. Pay attention to this. You ready? If we're perfectly honest with each other this morning, we would tell each other, that the Lord, the Lord Jesus already knows already about us. We carry traits in our lives from both lists. We do. Now, admitting this to ourselves is the first step of living a life that is closer to the Lord. There are some things that I need to work on to be a better person, to be a better husband, to be a better father, to be a better grandfather. There are things that I need to work on to be a better Christian. There are. And listen, if I am a true child of God, I need to be willing to work on them to be better for us and to Him and for Him. Listen, if I work on these things, it will most definitely help me. But should we not want to work on these issues out to be of better service to God first and foremost? Shouldn't we want to be of better service to God? And listen, that's why I'm working on these, because I want to be a better servant to Him. And in the meantime, we're making ourselves better. Listen to this, this question. Musicians, go ahead and start coming. You ready? Which list best describes who you are? Who you know you are? Are you walking in the flesh or walking in the spirit? You know, and so does the Lord. Now is the time to make the decision 
to walk with the Lord. Let's all stand, heads bowed and eyes closed. Our Father in heaven, Lord Jesus, during this time of invitation, we dedicate this to you. Lord, we pray that you would help us to see ourselves as you see us. Help us to make the changes necessary to draw closer to you. God, show us who we really are. Lord, if there's somebody here who's never accepted you as their personal Savior, I pray that the day will be their day of salvation. I pray that you would give them freedom through your spirit to walk down this aisle and let me show them what the Word of God says every person must do to be born again. Please be with us during this time of your invitation, Lord Jesus. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed as the music plays, do you need to come?